Greeting Earthlings. We have now taken over your radio. Help South Shore Radio. And here we are once again, Mouth of the South Shore Radio Show on the Wrestling Perspective Radio Network. I am and will always be the Mouth of the South Shore, Cordova. And joining us from the road, because for some reason he's on the road, but he is a loyal co-host. It is The Crab. I am the most loyal person to this freaking program that has ever existed. In, in, in the history of this world. Can you hear me okay, first and foremost? I can, I can. So it's uh, it's something like that. Let's, let's start with that. And uh, I greet you today on the precipice. Because we are on the precipice in the world of wrestling. Two roads diverged in a wrestling wood, and I don't know which one to choose. Because we are coming off of the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. We're coming off of major, quote-unquote, quote, quote, major changes coming to Monday Night Raw. And we are on the verge of Double or Nothing, the AEW pay-per-view, which will lead into the AEW. And I think it sounds like their show's going to be called, like, Tuesday Night Dynamite or something. But they're going to have a show. And that's going to be starting soon. So not just a pay-per-view company, but they will have a competitive show. So we are in a really interesting spot, a spot that lends itself maybe to finally getting the wrestling that we so crave and desire. But we ain't there yet, my friends, because I tuned in Monday night, and I know the crab tuned in Monday night. And when we were promised the big changes to Raw, and to SmackDown, and we're going to listen to the fans. Apparently, that just meant we'll listen to the network because our ratings are sagging worse than Betty White's tits. So, now... How do you ever talk smack about Betty White? How dare you? She is a national treasure, the likes of which you could only aspire to be half of. How I dare do. you? You're right, I do. And maybe Let's one day I will be. But also, WWE listened to the networks, but not nearly as well as Brock Lesnar listened to his Money in the Bank briefcase. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, Brock Lesnar, because that is what, as fans who are in charge, we are the authority now, we wanted this, is our, and they're going to drive this into the freaking ground, and I can't wait, Beast in the Bank. Something like that, because we need to have a catchphrase. That's what's important. It's terrible, but it did provide us with an incredible gift that will last us for the bench, the existence of the internet. Have you seen this gift? The uh, him bouncing his head back and around that. Yeah, but have you seen it with music? I have not, and I probably should. Oh my gosh, There, it, it, it's on the uh, wrestling subreddit, for those of you who don't know, it's reddit.com backslash r backslash square to circle, and people have spliced in the most random uh, WWE theme songs, Brodus Clay's theme song is one of them, we're calling his mama, and every possible theme song you could possibly think of lines up perfectly to what is now dubbed as Beatbox Rock. So that is the only good thing to have come from Brock Lesnar winning the Money in the Bank briefcase. Well, look, it could have been worse. It could have been Baron Corbin. So at least we got that going for us. It's a great. I'd rather have Corbin win it. Baron Corbin. The only reason you like Baron Corbin is because your hairstyles are the same. Yes, that that's one of the reasons I like him. You're not wrong about that. We are both beautiful bald men. But you're telling me you would rather have Brock Lesnar than a guy who could actually use kind of a rub? 
And I know you could always use kind of a rub. We'll get into that in a little bit, maybe. Well, but, if you could use kind of a rub, bluechew.com. No. Um, anyway, I don't know. I, I, I was – I'm not going to say I was torn because obviously they threw a curveball. It was a surprise. We knew that something had happened with Sami Zayn and that spot was originally brought, uh, Braun Strowman. And I don't know if there's some massive conspiracy going around or what the deal is, but this is the end result. And it's, it's one of those things where WWE experimented, and they, honestly, I was guessing who would be the mystery man. I like a good mystery man angle. And yeah, like most of the time, no matter who it is, there's going to be disappointment, right? Like that just happens. Um but yeah, like I get it, Brock Lesnar. We've been there before, and we'll probably get him as champion again on one of the shows. And it's kind of inevitable. Like it's one of those things where I've sort of just accepted the inevitable reality. But I don't, I don't want to delve too deep into Brock Lesnar, giggity. Um, what I want to do is I want to talk more about how Raw feels it's going to fix itself, right? Because we've been trying for months. We tried to shake it up with the people coming to visit with the wild card rule. Now we have the 24-7 title, and it only is going to appear in the third hour, which is more gritty, but it's going to be 24-7. I don't get it. Uh, but more, I, more than the fact that I don't get it, what, this is their big solution. Well, the rumor mill is a buzz. Uh, apparently, Vince was taking suggestions from the network, according to the Wrestling Observer newsletter. So take it with a grain of salt anyway. And before I get into what they're suggesting, this was their best suggestion. But also, since when has Vince McMahon ever listened to what networks have had to say in terms of the storylines for his product? Can you think of an instance where that has been the case? Yeah, I have no idea. So, so it, it's a booty. It, it's booty. New Day would love it. It's a booty report. But supposedly, the network pitched a bunch of things, and this was the best-case scenario. If that's true, I'll let you be the judge of it, but that's the report that's making its way over the rumor mill. And apparently, it's not just going to be defended on Raw in the third hour, even though that's what Mick Foley said, because not only was it defended Tuesday night on SmackDown, or people were trying to attack truth. But WWE was using their social media quite effectively, which is pretty good for WWE. Bailey actually tried to cash in on, uh, not cash in, she tried to pin our truth via her Snapchat and was streaming that out with Snapchat. So because Tout is dead, WWE is jumping on the next dying um, uh, social media app because those of you who didn't know, Snapchat is dying a very rapid death. It's all about Snapchat the now. Snapchat is, is dying right? a very well. Snapchat is dying pretty quickly. Although they had a brief resurgence, you hear about that filter that that looks like gender swaps you, like it yeah, turns it's, you it's, into a man, it turns me into a woman, that sort of thing. Yeah, it's called the Caitlyn Jenner, right? Yeah. Um. So that. Okay. So that was pretty popular for a while. I think it was popular for a week, which in social media terms, believe it or not, is a while, which is kind of sad if you ask me. Well, here's what um, I don't understand. Was, wasn't, in, wasn't Snapchat just basically created so, like, people can swap boobies and penis? Like, wasn't that... I mean, I feel, I, like, I feel like that was, like, the ipso facto reason for it. But but now people have gotten more clever with it. Like, it it's turned into another dark dark web scenario going even further than that. Well, and just remember, if you're going to swap boobies and penis, and you want to make sure that your junk is not shrunk, Bluetooth.com. Oh, God. <laughs> you just, like, like, I, 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 I'm constantly setting you up for these Bluetooth drops, but <laughs> do they have to? Like... You're not the Dr. Seuss of dick pills, man. Like, let it go. <laughs> you're not out here with Why the... Why not? You're not, you're, 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 you're not the cock in the hat. Like, that's just not who you are. Just call me the doctor of chewonomics, baby. 
with that, it was a pleasure having everybody with us this week. We're having a short show tonight. Blue life. This is big. And if you uh, don't want to have a short show in your life, bluechew.com. That is how you do it properly. Not bad. You know, I actually saw the Blue Man Group um, over Mother's Day weekend, and I wondered, what if the Blue Man Group took Blue Chew? Like, is that – like, would worlds implode That's if a that marketing happened? opportunity missed by both parties. Absolutely. I – I'm I'm sitting there going, I gotta talk to these guys. The only problem is they won't talk back. So I didn't know I didn't know how to make the deal happen, you know? Kinda of fell through. Beyonce's dream if you just didn't talk back. <laughs> Probably so. Uh yeah, but I so I'm trying to understand this thing, right? Because I never liked the hardcore title when it became the twenty four seven thing. Like I didn't mind it when it was just a different type of match, right? When you had like Al Snow and Hardcore Holly and the Road Dog, and they were just like beating each other up with stuff. I didn't mind that. That didn't bother me. But then it became the 24-7 thing, and it was like anybody could be the champion. And to me, well, at least if you were in the other thing, it was like you had to be that style of wrestler. You had to be a hardcore or at least understand how to win a hardcore match. Now it was just you could do you remember, anywhere. Do you remember when the Undertaker was a hardcore champion and R R V D was a hardcore champion and they really tried pushing it and then it evolved into what this iteration of what I think the twenty four seven title is gonna be. It's gonna be about for jobbers to, you know, try to win. Give well, them clearly, something to do. Clearly, because you saw, you know, Mick Foley was trying to hype it up at like how prestigious it was gonna be and then you had, they said, oh, all right, whoever gets out here first wins the title. And then all you saw come out were jobbers. Like, you didn't see anybody of any relevance on the show come out. And it, to me, that's just lazy writing. Because obviously we know it's going to be a jobber title. We're not stupid. But at least... But let it devolve to that. Let it devolve right, like to least- that. Give it to somebody in the upper mid-card. Give it to somebody like Lashley or Elias or somebody who, who you can not say, even, oh, I have a even. title now. Just have them look like they're going for it. Like, ha- have Corbin come out there. Have Lashley come out there. Have Rey Mysterio come out there. Just have people act like it matters. I don't care if you still give it to Titus or, or Robert Roode. But make people make it look like people care to win it. Because at least then you're going, okay, look, everyone cares. But at the end of the day, it ends up on guys who, hey, weren't getting any other titles, right? Which is not the worst thing in the world. The hardcore title did serve that purpose, but then again, and again, when isn't WWE kind of turning into like millennial television, where there's just basically it's basically a participation trophy, right? Like everyone gets God turned. Millennials. Also, millennial millennials are all in their twenties now. We're talking about lower. We're talking about the generation after millennials with participation trophies at this point. We're talking Gen Z. All right? Yeah, maybe so. But that's the thing, is that, like, how many titles do we need running around? We can't... We have, like, 17-hour shows because, well... And we still don't even get all the titles on there. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and I don't know. Tag Team Championships into a joke. And it sucks because, finally, Ryder and Hawkins are doing something, but they're not. And it sucks so bad. Yeah. Well, so I want to go back, because I wanted to get into that, but I want to go back to the pay-per-view, uh, to Money in the Bank. Wait, before you do and, that, before you, I'm, about to, I'm about to go through a dead zone. So I will be back in a little bit, but fret not. I won't leave you alone with Cordova for too long. That's why Chris Hansen was invented. I will see you all in a little bit. Okay. So while he does that, I'm going to get into Money in the Bank. And here's the story there. If you took it as a standalone show, like you, ne- you, you knew who the wrestlers were, you had somewhat of an investment in who they were, and you just watched that show, you, you would probably say, hey, WWE's pretty good. Like, that was a pretty solid show. I understand the backlash about Brock Lesnar, but if you didn't know he was going to appear and you were genuinely surprised by it, You'd be like, hey, this show was pretty good, and I got a genuine surprise out of it. That is not a bad thing. And beyond that, I thought they made some good decisions on the show. Not all of them. Not all of them. There were some really poor ones. 
some really good ones. So let's figure out which ones are which. The good. I thought they handled the Becky Lynch situation very well. And the reason I say that is we were able to transition into getting her to be the Raw champion and not have to go to both shows all the time, even though she still did. But we were able to transition into that without making Becky look weak, without making Charlotte look too strong, and Charlotte doesn't have the title, which is nice. It's a nice change of pace. So we were, and yeah, it gave her an extra title reign, whatever. She's probably going to get to Rick's level. Um, but remember, Rick's titles were prestigious. You know, he always just held the title a long time, except for the three times in the 80s that he held the title for less than a day where the titles were held up, and the three times in the 90s, and the two times in the 2000s. And yeah, except for the nine times out of 16 that he held the title for less than a week, and except for the other three times that he held it for less than a couple of months, always prestigious. Anyway, we were able to make the entire story work and get a new champion for SmackDown that would always be on SmackDown that isn't Charlotte and didn't make Charlotte look unstoppable because it took Lacey and Charlotte to beat Becky because we don't want to weaken Becky. She still is the champion Raw. So we were able to do that. Becky was, uh, excuse me, Bailey was able to cash in. A genuine surprise that she won Money in the Bank. I, I mean, I thought, I think a lot of us thought that, um, that you might get someone else, like a Mandy Rose, or I don't even know who else. I picked Mandy Rose. But I am not upset about Bailey winning. I'm not upset about her holding the title. Let's see if she can reinvent herself a little bit. I'd like to see Sasha come back at some point, turn heel on her, set up SummerSlam. Let's go. I don't know if that's going to happen. For some reason, WWE thinks a, a girl that calls herself the boss and walks around like her poo don't stink has to be a baby face. Why? I have no godly idea. Now, so that was a good decision. Having Kofi go over Owens and not turn anybody heel, good decision. Again, I'm not looking for the New Day to implode. I said from the beginning that these are guys that genuinely like each other, and there's zero reason that they can't support each other's success. And I don't think any of them are interesting enough to turn heel. And I wouldn't even want to see any of them heel. Like, you know, there's people like, well, Big E could turn on him when he comes back. Why? Why? Because he's super entertaining and he's hitting on Becky Lynch's mom? Now you want to see him as a bad guy? Like, this is where I don't get wrestling fans. Because people just think, well, heel turns are cool, man. It's like, no, they're not that cool. They're cool if it works for the story and it reinvents a character. But when the character's working, why reinvent it, right? At least that's the way I would see it. Now, what I do want to talk about is you had that happen and you had your other champion retain Seth Rollins in a really great match. So that's the good of the show. And now the bad. Right? Most of the match quality was good. So, what I'm looking at really is the booking. Like, if you watch it for the match quality, you didn't, you weren't hurting for it, right? We had a lot of good matches. Obviously, topped by the, the Rollins AJ thing, really, really good stuff. I mean, Kofi Owens is really good. So, it, it's not like that stuff was hurting, but let's get into some of the negative. The Usos beat Team Environmental. I don't know what they're actually called. Like the Echo Warriors or something? I, I don't know. Everyone's a warrior now. We got the Kabuki Warriors, the Echo Warriors, the Viking Warriors. Pretty sure they're going to call me and Kravitz the Hebrew Warriors. Be terrific. I'm going to have to remind, remind me, guys, when Kravitz comes back on, the Hebrew Warriors. All right? Anyway. The Eco Warriors lost to the Usos, who are on a different show. And the Eco Warriors and the new champions. This is just short-sighted, stupid booking. I understand you want to shart. Uh, yes, you want to shart. Yes. Really should probably take that recording and play it over and over again and think of how stupid I sound. You want to start the show 
get the crowd hot. So I get it. You want to have the baby face team win. But they don't need to beat the champion ever. Let alone, I mean, they always think, well, it'll set up a title match. In this case, it's not because they're on different shows. And that's not how you set up a title match anyway. WWE thinks it is, but it's not. So I'm not, I'm not pleased with that starting the show and that being the result. I'm also not pleased with some of the other results on the show. Mainly, Shane McMahon going over The Miz again. Okay, this is becoming eerily reminiscent of when Michael Cole beat Jerry Lawler twice, and it took till the third time they fought for Jerry to finally win. And at that point, it just didn't matter. So here's the thing. You had this Miz and Shane thing brewing for a long time. Everyone thought the Miz would turn heel, but Shane turned. Now Shane is this McMahon, over-the-top, praise-me guy, which he does well, but he's still Shane McMahon, not a full-time wrestler. And now he's kind of getting the idea that other people should fight his battles for him, but he shouldn't have been doing that from the beginning. I mean, the guy's almost 50. Come on. I know you're still athletic, much more so than your dad, but, like, let's save it for Mania. I get it. You want to wrestle at Mania? You want to wrestle twice a year? That's fine. But we don't need it more than that. Well, we set up this thing, right? And you got Shane O'Mac and Miz in a cage after Shane wins at WrestleMania for reasons of I have no idea. I still can't figure that one out. Because Miz beat him but because they fell in a certain way, Shane's arm happened to be draped over Miz, and Shane won the match. It's Again, it's a technicality, and it's the same way that Michael Cole won at WrestleMania. After that, everything else is not as important, and that's where the heel should get their cut-uppins coming to them. Now, we go to, to the cage match, and okay, so maybe, if and these are both gimmick matches, by the way, because it's the only way Shane works, but... Maybe you go, okay, maybe Miz will just beat the hell out of Shane and win the cage match. Didn't happen. Miz was doing well and again stepped on an, an apple peel or whatever, a banana peel. I don't know why I thought it was an apple peel, but stepped on a banana peel. Shane falls down out of the cage, wins the match. Miz is now over two. This is a guy that is actually kind of over as a baby face. The fans like. He could probably be a top contender on Raw or SmackDown. I don't know what the thought process was in shifting him to Raw, other than I thought he was going to get away from Shane, but that didn't happen. But this is a guy who could be in world title contention. He'll probably go back to the mid-card because they just don't know how to build anybody. But he could easily, at this point, be in world title contention, and no one would bat an eye about it. But it's a lot harder to say that when you're losing to Shane McMahon. Like, this is not good. Twice in a row. Not good. So here we are, now entering the month of June. Well, not quite. We'll have one more show before we get to June. But so, here we are. And Miz and Shane are still feuding! They're still feuding. It's crazy. And I can't seem to fathom how that can be. I don't get it. But yet here we are. What I'm going to do is I'm going to let you have a moment of silence to think about what you've done, WWE. I'll be back in 10 seconds. Did you mourn? Do you understand what you've done? Good. All right, because we'll move on. We're still not there with the Bray Wyatt stuff. I thought he would appear at the pay-per-view. Didn't. So I don't know when that's going to happen, and I'm getting to the point where I'm fearing that they're going to make it go too long. 
And the other decision that I think we ought to talk about from the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. And I think this one is maybe not as important as far as a booking decision because it's easy to get on the idea that, well, you know, it's Shane McMahon winning matches because I, I still don't get that. But I don't know what they're doing with the U.S. title. I mean, and I don't understand why we have to make Samoa Joe look bad. Like, I get it that it was a bad decision or whatever. I get that. But at the same time, I don't get that. Because it just seems to me that there's so much more we could do with Samoa Joe. Like, I like the guy. I think he's a main event talent. I really do. But yet, it just doesn't seem to be in the cards. It just doesn't seem to be what they're going to do with Samoa Joe. Which is fine, I guess. I mean, it's okay, right? But it's not, because you have... And someone was talking about this. I don't remember what show this was on or whatever, but someone was talking about the idea that you have all these guys who are basically just on the same level. Like, there's no one that's better than anybody else. And believe it or not, that becomes problematic. The days of the megastar are gone. And that is very problematic, my friends. It just is. You know, people are like, well, why? Why is it? I mean, you don't need that. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Because think of a time before now. I understand that you'd have your own favorites on the show. Look, I was always that guy who I had to find my favorite. And when they became super popular, they weren't my favorite anymore. I still do that. Five years ago, I said Becky Lynch is the best of the four horsewomen. I still think that. But am I going to say she's my favorite female wrestler? Probably not, because i got to be ahead of the curve, man. i got to find my next girl. But, you know. Point is, it's hard to be like, well, the top guy or the top gal is my favorite. Because no one wants to be like a front runner. Um, but there is no front runner because there is no front. And think about it this way. Seth Rollins won the title of Mania. He's the guy right now. But is he? Does he feel like the guy? Do you feel like when you look at Seth Rollins, he's a megastar, the champion of champions, even if he's not in the main event, he's the guy? I don't feel that way. Do you see Kofi that way? I don't. As much as it was a great moment, is it, uh, is it Daniel Bryan where you knew he was the guy in the business at that point? No, it's not. It's not even close to that, actually. And so, I can't get behind the idea. I can't get behind the idea that wrestling functions better without the megastar. Because it doesn't. It never has, and it never will. You need to have the star of your promotion. And I'm curious as to how AEW is going to handle this. Because I know they're a conglomerate. And I know that everyone's going to have their own creative control. I'm a little bit afraid of it. And maybe we'll wait for Kravitz to come back on to talk about this. But there's already problems within them. They're already seeing issues that they're going to have to deal with. Trouble within the ranks. And I don't know if they're setting themselves up for success or failure. Because you're hearing all these things. And they sound really good. Right? We're not going to have writers. We're not going to have scripts. We're just going to do that. Right? And it all. It, it, it sounds really good. Right? It does. I, I don't disagree. It sounds awesome. Except when you, t- when you, you think about it for more than five seconds. Right? Because... At the end of the day, for better or worse, the thing that made WWF and then WWE work for all that time is the fact that no matter how off the rails their ideas would be, the light at the end of the tunnel was that they knew 
that they had to answer to somebody, and that somebody was Vincent Kennedy McMahon. They had to do it. And that, my friends, is how it should be. And I'm not saying it should still be Vince, because obviously, guys losing his touch, we've talked about that. I get it. But by the same token, you need somebody to head up the realms. You do. And I'm going to try and, and relate this to something and take it for what you will. But it reminded me of the people that are trying to convince me that socialism is a good idea. Now, I'm not going to try to get too political, but it's the idea that, you know, it, real socialism means that the power is in the people, right? The people control the means of production. But when you do that, right, if everyone's running a restaurant together and you don't have anybody that's the manager, no, nobody does that, right? We'll, we'll, we'll just rotate who's manager. Well, what if someone is better at being manager than everybody else? They should probably just be the manager, which is why the whole idea crumbles, which is why AEW needs somebody to be that person. Is that person Jim Ross, who's already going to work there? Is it – I don't know who it is, but it's got to be somebody that at the end of the day, the buck stops there because they're already running into trouble, my friends. Speaking of trouble, if you're in trouble with your lady and you're looking to have better SEX, hey, speaking of trouble with the ladies, the crab is back. And if you're having you know, trouble with the ladies, yeah, well, I'm trying to get a word in, get a proof wrong. I'm not going to let Crabby get a word in because I want to talk about socialism. We were talking Absolutely. about how you can't get it up anymore. Well, it's important to understand that if you're having trouble with the ladies, that there's BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Now, BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know that they work. And they work twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Every time I read that line, I think of Alvinus. I mean, come on. Anyway, Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. So, Crav, when you're getting your engagement gifts from the registry, it could be an engagement gift or it could be your Blue Chew. Who knows what's behind one of those boxes? And they're made right if here in the you, good old U.S. of it. If you had the audacity, if you had the testicular fortitude to give me Blue Chew as an engagement and or wedding gift, expect it to be reciprocated tenfold. I will build you a goddamn sandcastle out of blue chew chewable dust. I will Absolutely, they are. And, they, and good news for Memorial Day, they are made right here in the good old USFA. And since blue chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than the pharmacy. And right now, we got a special deal for our listeners. If you visit bluechew.com, you get your first shipment for free when you use our special promo code WPP. Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-C-H-U.com, promo code WPP, to try it for free. BlueChew.com. Thank you for sponsoring us. Now back to our program. I figured out what our new tag team name was while you were gone. Oh, God. What is it? Well, listen, there's the Kabuki Warriors, there's the Viking Warriors, there's the Eco Warriors. Naturally... Is there some sort of... Is there a derogatory term for Judaism or Jewish we are people gonna, in this tag No, team? we we are going to be the Hebrew Warriors. Oh, okay. I thought we were going to be the uh, the Hebe experience. <laughs> well, no, that's just our finishing. Or the, or, or, or the one that rhymes with kite. Ay, 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 ay. Let's not go there. Hey, no, no. We're going, you, you, hey, we're going offensive. I say, you know, caution to the wind, balls to the wall, matzo balls to the wall. Now, what, what, 
what would you suggest our finisher would be, the Heeb experience? I'm thinking it's just we negotiate with whoever we're wrestling, and they just lay down for us. Like, I no, think that would be a good... Be, no, 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 no. It's got to be an actual move, in my opinion. I, I mean, that seems to be a move, you know? I, uh, I don't know. Remember, it's only okay no, if no, we no, no, say no. it, okay? It's you know only what? okay if we say You know say what? I, 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 I suggest something very similar to the Samoan spike, but we hit their nose. That makes some sense. It's a very, it's a very big target in our, in our religion. Yeah. We only wrestle Absolutely. Jewish people. Yeah. It, 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 look at you trying to get things done without me. I come back for three seconds and look what happens. Now, speaking of Jewish people, Goldberg's coming back, and he's going to a place where they hate Jewish people, so that's a thing. Um, I, I, I got nothing on that. And I don't want to talk about that show. I was getting into AEW a little bit because, as I said, I'm a little bit nervous for them now. You know, I have excitement, but I also have nerves as to what AEW is going to be. And the reason for that is, well... You you saw one of their top guys for their show, Pac, and he pulled out. And if you don't want to pull out, BlueChew.com. No. Um, See, that would have been the most – that was really good, but you didn't use it where it mattered, BlueChew.com. And you, it ruined it, – it could have been so much better. You you need to work on your plug-in in BlueChew.com, you know, if you plug it See, in. There you go. Yes. Um, but a, as far as that goes, Pac is no longer on the show. Apparently, creative differences or something – because he's working with other promotions and all this stuff. This is this is a major issue and they have to get this stuff worked out. Cuz you're going to look minor league and you're going to look you're going to look bush by not understanding that you have to have guys signed to exclusive deals by not understanding that stuff like that where you don't have the final say on booking and the guy does, that's going to come back and bite them in the ass. And it's not gonna, this is not going to be the first time if they continue to go down this path. And I am genuinely nervous that they're not the next TNA, that they're the next WCW in the later years. Because the inmates are already running the asylum. And I'm not saying that they all have the same egos as your Hogan's and your Nash's. But who knows what it's going to devolve into? Who knows... How it's going to go when you don't have somebody making the final decision. So I'm nervous about that. Yeah. Um, Speaking of utter chaos, give us a call at 714-694-4126 if you want to join the chaos and join the party right here on the Wrestling Perspective Network. We're taking you up to the 10 o'clock hour. But I, I really am. I'm nervous about what is going to – and here's the thing. I'm not nervous about Double or Nothing. Double or Nothing is going to be a good show. I don't know any qualms saying that, but here's the thing. Right now, it's a standalone show. It's just a three-hour show. That's it. Anybody can put on a decent three-hour show. I don't care who you are. I could book a decent three-hour show. If With I had the, the money – Sure. Um – but if I had the money or the the connections and I wanted to book a wrestling show, I could do that. You know how many shows go off WrestleMania weekend that are good? Because they just have a lot of the top indie talents or whatever the case may be, right? All fine and dandy. But I do want to ask you this. Because AEW Double or Nothing is this weekend. They, we're days away. I believe it's Saturday, right? It is May the 25th. So it is Saturday, the show. Here's what I want to know. They have not announced an opponent for Hangman Page. Because they're supposed to be Pac. What they have announced is that the winner of the Battle Royal, where they have four entrants that are not announced, the winner of that Battle Royal will face the winner of Jericho and Omega for the inaugural AEW Championship. Not on this show, but in the future. So... We have five wrestlers that are not announced for the show. Four in the, in the Battle Royal, one in the Hangman Page match. My question to you is, who are the five? Um, honestly, they're probably people that nobody's ever heard of. Maybe one, maybe, 
maybe Cheeseburger will be one because Jericho and Cheeseburger are really good friends. But I can't imagine that they're going to fill all five of those slots with top-tier talent. And the rumor going around, speed by Mr. Meltzer, is that they have a really good opponent for Paige, better than Pac. So that the only two people who were free that I could think of are CM Punk and John Moxley. And I don't think either of those guys are going to be on this show. I have a prediction for who that, that opponent's going to be. Who's it going to be? Zack Sabre Jr. All right. I just I have this feeling that that's the type of guy that they want, and they should want him. He's really good. You know, really good technical worker, right? Has that whole thing going. Hangman Page is working mm-hmm. more of the babyface gimmick, like the badass, you know, part of the Bullet Club kind of thing. Zack Sabre Jr., the, you know, the technical heel, could be a good Clash of Styles match. And uh, I don't know. I just I think those are the type of guys you want to bring in. I'm not saying that John Moxley, Dean Ambrose is not that guy. And I do think that they might look to bring him in. But would it surprise you if he came in in the Battle Royal and won it and got the initial title match against Kenny Omega? It would be very intriguing. That's your goddamn short. I mean, if if I'm booking this promotion, bringing in a guy who's been a world champion elsewhere, winning the Battle Royal, and then losing to Kenny Omega, to you know, put Kenny Omega over huge as the inaugural champion, it's a decent idea. Now, the other option, of course, is to have somebody that isn't as good as Omega win the inaugural title, and Omega chases it. That could happen, too. Okay. In, case you, in case you're wondering, I think Omega's going to beat Jericho. That's... I'm not going make back the most sense. Right. So, I also heard a rumor that Jack Swagger is going to be coming to AEW, just not right away. And nor should he. He's doing very well in MMA. I don't know if you saw this, but he won again. Oh uh, yeah, he pulled a little bit, a little bit of a heel move. Did you see this? He did. He did. And you know what? Good on him because MMA needs characters. I don't get MMA. I don't think I ever will. Because I don't get the, the sport of beating the hell out of each other. For real. Like, I don't get it. But apparently it's a big deal. You're not a man! No. State. Maybe not. Gun. Things. I, I like know. guns. I just don't like MMA that much. You know? I, I, I don't know. But you know what it is? Maybe, too. Like, I grew up on boxing. And just boxing was replaced by MMA in that regard. And You're I don't know. You're such an old man. You just... You, you you just gave me the I grew up on boxing when I was like, like you just gave that to me. I didn't ask you for that. What's wrong with boxing? What's wrong with boxing? There's nothing you wrong with there, there's nothing wrong with boxing but saying I grew up on boxing is the equivalent of an old man yelling at a cloud. Maybe, but hey listen, I remember Mike Tyson <laughs> was a boxer, okay? When I, when I was a boy, Mike Tyson was the champion. And then he beat someone's ear off. That's the end of that. Absolutely. You disgust me. Well, you know what disgusts me? I'm hearing kids saying, oh, I remember Mike Tyson from the Hangover movies. That's not where Mike Tyson's from. How dare you? Who has, ever, who has said that to you? People. I, I refuse people to believe you. I think there's people out there that think that Mike Tyson is like an actor that started in those movies, and they don't know that he was a boxer. I guarantee okay. you there's people that, that, that. I, that I will buy. I'll buy into that. Yeah. I have a problem with that. <laughs> but either way, yes. Jack Swagger, doing, or, J- or Jake Hager, I guess is his real name, doing well in MMA. He apparently said on a radio show, yeah, I'm going to go to AEW, but this is John Moxley's night, so I'm not going to go and be a part of that. I don't know if that's true yeah, or not. I- it's very much not true. Swagger's been in the business a while that you don't you don't say something like that. You would think, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I, I can't imagine that that would be the move to make. Like I feel like that's a diversion. Maybe he'll debut on their inaugural episode and not at Double or Nothing. But I certainly think if you're going to be that blatant about it, it's not going to happen. I I think the people that are on this show are stealth enough to understand how to play kayfabe a little bit. I, at least I would I think agree. so, you know? 
I, I'm I'm hoping so. Let me put it that way. So. I, I don't know. Um, we're also getting in a week from now the next NXT show. And did you see who came back to NXT? I think we may have lost the crab there. We did. We absolutely did. We'll get him back. And I'm going to wait for him because I'm excited to talk about who came back to NXT. This is exciting stuff. And by exciting, I mean, well, what NXT does better than most is, yeah, like they could bring back somebody that used to be a big deal there. But it's not getting in the way of building up other people, and it's only a temporary solution. Like, I don't think that this person coming back is going to be super permanent, and if it is, they're going to reestablish this person, and they're not going to make it so that this person is going to be getting pushed over other people. Like, he's probably going to put over others. He's probably there for that reason. Because they're smart down there. I mean, really, the biggest issue that I run into is that I don't think WWE understands that they're not doing any favors for their talents. Like, at all. I mean, what you should be doing is making sure that the booking makes sense to get people over and all that good stuff. But they're not doing that, obviously. Down in NXT, they do. They protect their talents. They understand who they have and what they want to do with them. They're, in the words of Larry Aver, they're pretty, pretty, pretty good. Speaking of pretty, Prince Pretty made his return to TNA and by TNA, I mean NXT, wowie, zowie, yowie, wowie, I made a mistake. So that's what happened there. But he's coming back. He's going to fight the Velveteen Dream. We filled out our card, it looks like. We have all of the Undisputed Era in action. Roddy Strong taking on Matt Riddlebro, um, which I really fear for him on the main roster because he's such a different type of guy and cool. And I feel like they're going to just drive that bro thing into the ground and not understand him. Whereas in NXT, totally awesome gimmick. Like, he's like stoner Kurt Angle, and it's awesome. And I just, I sincerely hope that they understand what they have in him. Now, Tyler Breeze coming back. Prince Pretty, right? He's coming back. He's going to get the match. More than likely, the whole idea is to give Dream a win over someone that was on the main roster and just give him an interesting opponent, someone similar to him. I get it, all right? I I do. Um, And then you got Cole and uh, Gargano fighting for the title. You got Io Shirai fighting uh, the woman who can't lose, Shayna Baszler, which is fine. Because I'd rather keep her down there until we know what we're going to do with her on the main roster. And, I mean, they have an opportune chance now with Ronda Rousey being out. You can debut the whole group. Have them run roughshod. And then Ronda's either going to decide if she's with them or against them when she comes back. And that could be great fun. Because then, you know, you're having her return... You know, her friends are up there, and it's sort of this thing of, like, are they good? Are they bad? I don't really know. I think that's a good way to go with it. Now, I know we have about 10 minutes left on the program. I want to get into something that is important. And if you can... Listen up closely. I'm, 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 I'm shifting gears into serious mode now. Okay? Last week, we had the unfortunate duties to announce that our friend, Ashley Massaro, had passed away. We have since learned the why and the how. 
or at least part of the why, I guess. I don't think we'll ever truly know. But the the truth is she's gone, and it's it's difficult. It's a difficult thing. What's more difficult is that Ashley had a daughter. And every time I saw Ashley, she'd talk about her daughter and going to college. Well, now Ashley's gone before her daughter was able to start. And while... I don't know what their situation was or is. A lot of the women of WWE that were friends with Ashley banded together and created a GoFundMe page, which you can find at GoFundMe.com backslash Ashley Massaro's Daughter Educational Fund. And it's a wonderful thing. There's a really wonderful video on there. And I want to... I want to tell you, if you can help, and that, that, that's any amount, I really suggest that you do it. Because I, I think it's a wonderful gesture, and it just it's so fitting because this is so important to Ashley. Now, they've set a $100,000 goal, which would get her through four years of schooling in New York State, it would get her through most of her schooling if she went out of state. And this was created yesterday. So it's been online, I think, just over 24 hours. And they've already raised $27,749. So if you can give anything, anything, a buck or two, whatever, it would be a nice gesture to help the wrestling community, to help a mother send her daughter to college when she no longer can. And I don't, I don't do this a lot, but I I do believe in the cause because I knew how important it was to her. Like I said, we used to talk about it. I can't imagine a world where that dream that she had doesn't come to fruition. So please, if you can go to gofundme.com. And by the way, I'm not, I'm not being paid to do this. I'm doing this because it's, it's, the right thing to do and I, I truly believe that you guys should you guys should support this. So and watch the video. It really is a wonderful video. I highly recommend watching the video on the page. Maybe then you'll understand why this is so important. So with eight minutes left, what else do we have going on in the world of wrestling? We got all sorts of fun stuff. Right? We got all these different shows going on, but I feel like I feel like making fun of stuff. Seems like seems like the right mood. It seems like I'm making fun of stuff kind of day. Then again, this is the Mouth of the South Shore radio show. So if you were tuning in because you thought that we wouldn't do that, I think you found the wrong show. And I advise you to go find some lame-o show where they analyze and get deep into the wrestling world and they argue and they take it way too seriously. Go find one of those shows and get out and stay out because that's not what we're about. No, no. We're about making fun of Kravitz's bald, stupid-looking head. We're about making fun of my terrible jokes. That is what we're about, my friends. So what can we make fun of this week? I mean, we have most of Raw, so we can certainly make fun of that. We got SmackDown, tons of stuff there. Tons of good stuff to make fun of there. I don't know. Maybe it's too easy a target. Maybe I've gotten to the point where I just don't want to make it that easy. Right? We made fun of Brock Lesnar already. We made fun of the 24-7 rule. And by the way, if you want to go 24-7, BlueChew.com. Um... Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, I can make fun of Sami Zayn for having a cool gimmick to be completely ruined. I could do that. I can make fun of Ricochet for coming to the main roster and being treated like everybody else. That sucks. Um, Yeah, I mean, the Revival beat the Usos after the Usos beat the tag champion. So are the Revival getting a shot at the uh, Echo Warriors? Probably not. Like, there's some weird stuff going on. I don't think there's any foresight going on to whatever it is that WWE thinks they're doing. <laughs> and I haven't figured that out yet, like, at all. Um, 
so I'm going to go back, and I'm going to flip it and reverse it for those of you Missy Elliott fans. And let's talk about the one thing that stood out to me that I actually do like on Monday Night Raw. I genuinely don't know where they're going with the character of Nikki Cross. And I kind of like it. And I'll tell you why. I think the easy route would have been to pair her with Bray and let her just be crazy, right? But now she's kind of a subtle crazy. Like, you're seeing that she's like a a, a kind, sweet girl at heart, but the crazy lurks within. Case in point, you have her volunteer to be Alexa's friend, and then Alexa invites her to co-host the show. So she sits in the chair, and then she gets kicked out. And then she's, like, standing over the shoulder, just awkwardly smiling, and scares the crap out of, out of Alexa. And just that, the way she's, like, smiling and making it awkward for Alexa, it's just that sort of crazy that makes the character work. It's subtle character work. And it, it's really good stuff. And then she volunteers to be in the match, and we're clearly leading towards something with her. Like, we're leading toward this idea that Alexa thinks she could just, like, use her and walk all over her. And Nikki plays into it, except that Nikki can hold her own. And she's going to do her own thing. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, Nikki is nobody's puppet. Nobody's. So Alexa thinks she can just manipulate and control everybody. But Nikki can't be controlled. Case in point, she just volunteers for the match. Like, she was like, all right, I'm in the match. Okay. And that, that's as simple as it was. So, and I don't have an issue with that. I think it works. So, I'm digging what she's doing. And I don't think it needs to go back to as simple as, well, she needs to be crazy. She is crazy, okay? The thing that works on her character more than other crazy characters is that she actually comes off as crazy. Because I've seen them all. Heck, I've even seen characters call themselves that. Remember, I remember when the star that you know as Sarah Logan came to the WWE and people were like, well, on the indie scene, she's crazy Mary Dobson. So why doesn't she keep that gimmick? And I said, because it's the stupidest name ever. All respect to her. But you can't just call yourself crazy. Like, the same way that it's a good thing that Steve Austin didn't call himself the rebel Steve Austin. Because he was a rebel. He was rebelling against authority. He was rebelling against uh, tradition. But if he just called himself the rebel and didn't do rebel things, what good would it be? So, it's better... When you don't, like, she's not called Crazy Nikki Cross. She's just called Nikki Cross. And she is crazy. That works. It's not, hey, here's Crazy Mary Dobson. Let's see how crazy she could be. Wow. She ran to the ring. How crazy of her. Oh, my God. She's on the top row. That's crazy. Look at her. It's right in the name, folks. She's crazy. You know, and you have Michael Cole. Like, she does crazy things. JR, I can't buy it. Oh, my God. Renee, can, can you believe how crazy she is? She's crazy. And we have it on the T-shirt. No, it doesn't work. I write. Character work works. And Nikki Cross right now is working. It's probably my favorite up-and-coming talent because she's doing something that is genuinely different and interesting. Same with Bray Wyatt. Let's see which one drives itself into the ground first. So... With a minute left, and no crab, we have come to the end of our long and winding road, and in the words of the dead, what a long, strange trip it's been. I am the mouth of the South Shore, Eric Cordova. Make sure you check us out on the social medias, Mouth of the South Shore Radio Show on Facebook, at MOTSS Radio on Twitter and the Instagram machines. And again, make sure you support Ashley's uh, fundraiser, the, the fundraiser for her daughter and the college. Uh, I think it's a very important cause. And maybe join us next week. I didn't mention it until now, but Creative Pro Wrestling, Lindbrook, New York, we'll put it on the page. You should join us there. Tickets are only 20 bucks. So until then, I am the mouth of the South Shore of Cordova. He's the crab.
the Dennis Farrell and the Petey Williams in the flagship show, and we are out. Good night, everybody. Peace.